Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profiles and Projections. And today we have the one, the only, Kenny G. Kenny Galladay, 6'4, 214 pounds, 27 years old. I almost said 214 years old. I didn't screw up this time. There you go. Justin, he was the Progress. prized possession of of the 2021 offseason. Signed a four year, $72 million deal. That took forever, by the way, to happen. You know, started up, basically started on Wednesday, ended on Saturday night. And he was brought in to be the alpha number one wide receiver. And honestly, I am very excited for it. Daniel Jones has never had the advantage in his entire career that Kenny Galladay is for the New York Giants. And I, I just can't wait to see that connection start and grow. Even including Duke, right? That Daniel Jones oh, yes, has never had time. like a skilled position player. I mean, we'll say Quan Barkley, but never had a, a wide receiver um, as good as Kenny Galladay. Yeah, Bobby Skinner, that was probably the most fun stretch of the offseason. I know it was a pretty big time of growth for us too because basically anything that the Giants did in the middle of waiting for Kenny Galladay to happen, it was big news because people were like, oh, but what about Kenny Galladay? Oh, but let's react to kind of how you know cool this John Ross signing. Let's react to how good this Effetti Odenegbo and uh, Danny Shelton. So it was kind of like a cool cool time for us as kind of just as a show and as a channel. But yeah, then once Kenny Galladay actually happened, it's like, whoa, we're doing this. And I it wasn't totally expected. I kind of talked myself into the fact that you know, the Giants are going to play it cool. They're going to play it smooth. You know, at last offseason, it taught us that, you know, hey, James Bradbury, you know, uh, good good value. Blake Martinez, good value. That they're going to make, like, these good value signings, um, even not go out and get the big superstar. Hey, but that's what they did. They got the big superstar in Kenny Galladay. Best contested catch guy in the National Football League. If, if there is one player that fits this boring-ass Jason Garrett system the best, it is Kenny Galladay, because what you need to do in this Jason Garrett system, it doesn't allow its players, it doesn't maximize its players, the players have to maximize the system, and that's exactly what Kenny Galladay can yeah, do. Yeah, he was literally the perfect fit for, you know, one, Daniel Jones is a touch thrower, so what does that work well with? Contested catch wide receivers. You know, if, if you know, Tyreek Hill is like, yeah, you don't really need to place the ball perfectly at Tyreek Hill, he's just going to get open. Kenny, Kenny Gall, and you don't have to play this ball perfectly for Kenny G either, but the point being, it's like, hey, put some touch on it, put that ball where you want, and let Kenny Galladay go and get it. And that's where the perfect fit is. And perfect fit because the Giants were so lacking in big plays. Even even though Daniel Jones was the most efficient on deep ball passing, they desperately needed big plays. And Kenny Galladay provides that almost, you know, I know you have some stats that like compare Kenny Galladay versus the Giants by themselves. And it's staggering to see like what Kenny Galladay is capable of. Yeah, so we'll get into that right now. Um, but first, I haven't said this in a single PPP, and I think I haven't said it kind of in a while. And I'm proud of myself because it's what I said like every single episode last you know last season. This is a league that is full of explosive plays. It's and on offense you need to produce explosive plays, and on defense you need to prevent explosive plays. That is what the NFL is today, where offense is kind of no matter what, and even the Giants did this like a little bit. You're going to hold the ball for a little bit. You know, the Giants' average time of possession last year actually was middle of the pack, even though their yards per drive was low, and obviously their points per game was extremely low. But they were also bottom of the barrel in passing explosive plays, and you need to produce 15, 20-plus yard passing plays because what those do is that flips the game script. 
It takes you from your own end zone to midfield. It takes you from midfield to field goal range or in the red zone. So, you know, that's exactly what you want in Kenny Galladay. It provides no excuses for this Giants offense if he's healthy and if he's here. It provides no excuses for this Giants offense to do it. So in 2019, because that was the year that Kenny Galladay played, you know, 16 games. Deep ball numbers. If you compare Daniel Jones' 2020 deep ball numbers of 20-plus yards and Kenny Galladay's 2019 numbers of 20-plus yards, Jones had 20 completions on 43 attempts, 652 yards, and six touchdowns. One quarterback who throws the ball 30 sometimes a game. Kenny Galladay is one receiver, and for his 2019 deep ball numbers, 16 completions, four less, 36 attempts, seven less, 628 yards, some 20 yards less, and five touchdowns. That's one man, Bobby. One man. <laughs> You're muted. Basically put up all of Daniel Jones' deep numbers on his own in 2019. <laughs> where he, where he, you know, in total, he had 65 catches, uh, 1,200 yards, and 11 touchdowns, which led the NFL that season. And... You know, the Giants struggled mightily in the red zone in 2020, and Kenny Galladay, Kyle Rudolph, who, you know, we'll talk about him on a later date, hopefully, hopefully he gets healthy. It's like, that's what they added, you know, where it's like, okay, like, now I don't want to be just throwing fades to Kenny Galladay or anything in the end zone. You know, you can tag those on plays, but you don't want to have your entire play, um, you know, just dedicated to throwing a a one-on-one fade. But it really does make a difference, and that's why even, and like you, you mentioned the top, even if Jason Garrett's the same guy, there should still be much higher expectations because you have players like Kenny Galladay now. Um, and then, you know, all the other, you know, addition of Saquon, you know, adding other guys. But Kenny Galladay being the main one of those guys that can add so much value um, to Daniel Jones. And he just makes, I think he's going to make everyone better. Like he's going to be that alpha number one wide receiver. And guess what? Now Darius Slayton never gets cornerback one treatment. Or safety shade over the top. Like, never gets that. Um, you know, Sterling Shepard, who's having a good camp. It, it allows you, you know, to get, you know, to for them to show if they're going to cover that deep ball quicker and you get down to your checkdowns and, and the Shepherds and the running backs and those guys. Right, right, right. I want to go over some uh, more, a little bit more advanced numbers um, before we kind of can maybe talk about, because he really does improve everybody else. He's not going to be a guy that's going to get, I think, 100 catches because he's a low, he's somewhat of a low catch rate guy because you're targeting him deep down the field. That's who this guy is. So his average depth of target, 15.4 yards in 2019. <laughs> that's kind of a lot. That's kind of a lot. Five yards after the catch per reception in 2019. I find that to be insane, Bobby. If you're getting five yards after the catch per reception when you're being targeted so deep, I mean, that that's insane. That's the better than any of the big... Giants wide receivers last year. Yeah, <laughs> and the Giants wide receivers were not targeted deep down the field, where typically the de- you know the, the intermediate routes you're creating more separation because defenses are playing back because again they're trying to prevent the explosive play. Fifty two first downs on sixty five catches since twenty nineteen. Only one player in the NFL has converted eighty percent or more of their receptions into first downs. Kenny Galladay. 39.3 yards per catch when targeted 20-plus yards down the field. I was talking about how when Darius Slayton was getting like 30 yards per catch when targeted 20-plus yards, that was a lot. I mean, Kenny Galladay, you know, <laughs> he adds 10 to that. Uh, 50% catch rate when targeted 10-plus yards in 2019, which, hey, for a guy that kind of is seen as a, as a lower catch rate guy because he's being targeted down deep, a 50% catch rate when targeted 10-plus yards, that's pretty darn good. 
that's pretty darn good. You're basically, you know, you're moving the chains on a first and 10 when you're being targeted 10 plus yards down the field. Half of the time, one out of every two times, and that's pretty darn good. So um, really just pumped to see where the offense can go and where, and how Daniel Jones can develop with the best skill position player outside of Saquon Barkley that he's had since high school, definitely since college. And, and you know, we're talking about him being this big play guy targeted downfield, which, granted, that that is what he's brought in to do. But I there's also, like, he runs the full route tree, too. You know, mm-hmm. you know running digs, slants, cur- curls. Um you know, and if you want to see a good example of that, and I think it's beautiful, is the James Bradbury game a couple years ago where he had eight catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown. And James Bradbury played really good in that game, but Kenny Galladay, like they they use him on some shorter routes, and then obviously had the, the game-winning, um, really contested catch play at the at the end of the game. But it's like he can run the full route here, you know. it's not He's not simply just a, you know, go deep go deep, go deep, maybe turn it into a dig every once in a while. Like, he can run the full route tree. Like you said, he's not going to be used a ton like that. Um, at least he wasn't in Detroit. But it's like he's still capable of doing all those things. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just excited to see him work with Daniel Jones and just make him that much better. Uh, like, like, it's just no matter what happens with Jason Garrett, like Daniel Jones and Kenny Gall, they should have a good season together. Like, I, I think that should yeah. be the expectation no matter – like. If we run the exact same type of offense, there should like Kenny Galladay should still have a good season with Daniel Jones. Yeah, and if defenses still want to run that single high safety look and not respect the Giants' ability to throw the ball deep, which at least to start the season, that's what I'm kind of expecting. You know, hey, it's kind of like Vic Vangio, you know, in the Denver Broncos. It's kind of like show prove to me that you actually can do this on a consistent basis and beat teams with explosive plays. And if they want to do that, then guess what? Kenny Galladay should have a pretty a pretty good first game. You know, we have to. I want to ask you about the injury and the hamstring injury. He's going to be out for a couple of weeks, but he'll be back for hopefully for the regular season stuff like that. How does that impact long term? But you know, if teams are still going to be running that single high safety, and if that safety is not going to be getting over to Kenny Galladay basically maybe in time, then some big plays should be going on for Kenny Galladay to start the season. But, Bobby, let's kind of finish off with this. You know, tweet, he tweaked his hamstring. Uh, I'm glad it's only two to three weeks. I think that's, like, best-case scenario, and that was the that was the report that came out, like, the next day after the injury is that, yeah, he, he, avoided, the, he avoided the worst-case scenario. Hamstring injuries are tricky over the summer, but still missing two to three weeks when – Kenny Galladay and Daniel Jones have been putting a lot of work already in on the side with each other, which I love to see. These two to three weeks are important. So what what are what's your thought process on that? Is there going to be a little bit of a of a slow transition into the season in terms of their chemistry? What do you expect? Well, apparently they they're babying him with this. You know, like that's the plan. And you know, th- which they should. They yeah. Definitely should. I mean, this is this is coming out Monday. We're recording it on on. On Thursday, and they they plan they plan to baby him on it, but I do think like before maybe he comes back to officially practice, there's just still like let's get back to working with Daniel Jones on the side, you know, like don't put him in full pads practice, but like you know Shane Lemieux, like he's he's out there practicing in, in some of the lighter drills, um, so like I said, they're babying him. Um, it's I wanted to see him in preseason, where that's that's not going to happen, or it'd be very surprising, but I'm not I'm not stressing about that, but I just you know. Week one, it's I'm excited for everything, but I'm 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 very excited for that first Kenny Galladay catch and that first Kenny Gall like there's nothing I'm looking forward to more in the season like like what moment are you looking forward to the most is the first Daniel Jones Kenny Galladay touchdown. 
Yeah. Um, I I kind of just have the feeling that because of the lackluster talent that Daniel Jones has had a wide receiver in the past, that I'm feeling these dudes are going to be fine. Kenny Galladay is good. Kenny Galladay has worked with some ragtag quarterbacks in the past. You know, Matt Stafford's been hurt, you know, last couple of years, and he's been in and out, and Kenny Galladay has still had to be productive despite of that. Go well, ahead, Bobby. You brought that up, and I know this is, you know, every fan base has this, but, I, you know, there's some Kenny Galladay tweets, and then you'll have, like, oh, you all are going to find out that Matt Stafford made him, which, by the way, I think Matt Stafford's going to do really well with the Rams, but he is severely overrated by a lot of people. Like, a lot of Detroit's yeah. issues were Matt Stafford. Um, like, he's very turnover prone. The last couple of years, he's been a little better. But nonetheless, this idea that Matt Stafford made Kenny Galladay, look at his stats with David Blau and, like, Chase Daniel as his QB. They're almost identical to with Matt Stafford. Now, they're better with Stafford, and they should be, but, like, they're, they're, they're very close to the same amount of numbers. So, um that narrative uh i I just seen it a couple times during the preseason and i I was like i i don't like this at all because it's just flat out not true not true not funny kenny galladay 2021 let's rock and roll let's make it happen kenny galladay all right let's take a break come on pay attention in there let's go we got a beautiful day work play fast play fast whoa ah Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profiles and Projections. When today we have cornerback Adore Datsamore Jackson, the other big free agency signing of the Giants for 2021. He's 5'11, 185 pounds, 25 years old, former first round pick, very young. Came here on a three year, $39 million deal. It seems like it with the guaranteed money is essentially a two year deal. Justin, this was a big get for the Giants, and it wasn't expected. You know, the, the Titans weren't expected to let go of Adore Jackson. Um, but I think the best way to describe, like, like how this improves our defense is, one, our cornerback two position has been very weak, you know, for a long time. But Adore is a cornerback one being asked to play cornerback two with the New York Giants, and I am so excited to see how that works because like, I can't remember having that good of corner play, even though we've had it in, like, 2016. Adoree with the accent over the E. Can't forget that accent over the E, Bobby Skinner. Has a really good smile, but I was told that he has veneers, so it's not real. Um, and I then I learned You're what veneers real. were. Well, I'm, I'm not real. I am pretty fake. I have a microphone arm now, so I'm kind of fake. Um, yeah, Adoree Jackson. I've had the take and hot take, maybe not a hot take, but I genuinely do believe this, that the impact of the Adoree Jackson signing – in terms of transforming a unit and a side of the football from a good unit to a great unit, I think that could be more than Kenny Galladay. And ironically, you know, we're doing Kenny Galladay and uh, Dory Jackson on the same day. So the impact of a Dory Jackson being a cornerback one, play, if he can, being a cornerback one playing cornerback two, that can transcend this Giants defense into an elite territory in the National Football League, and that has me tremendously, tremendously excited about this group. If we did not make that a Dory Jackson signing, I am talking about and I am worried about the Giants' defense regressing this year because teams have 16 games of Patrick Graham running cover three, and they can dissect that. But now, Patrick Graham can kind of transform this defense even more with more man and zone, mixing the two, and a Dory Jackson allows him to do that. Oh yeah, this is this is the difference of like you said talking about like hey I don't know if we can expect the defense to be do the exact same thing and have the same red zone stops 
And now, because of Adori, it's like, no, now we get get better. Get better because you can do more things. You know, you were limited last year and you did awesome stuff, Patrick Graham. But let's now you got some more personnel to work with where you don't have to, you know, whip up the, the master game plan every single week. So, yeah, I mean, I, he makes me want this or expect this defense to be better than it was in 2020. Some advanced stats on Adore, and I, I want people to remember he was the cornerback one in Tennessee. Um, in 2020, he only played three games, uh, had a knee sprain. Uh, so 13 to 16, uh, 152 yards. Like I said, only played three games. In 2019, where he played 11 games, so a good enough sample size. Played in the playoffs that year and played well in those playoffs. 36 uh, for 54, the opposing QB stats were. So 66%, 395 yards, one touchdown, and zero interceptions. And then in 2018, when he played a full slate, 56% completion percentage against. 831 yards, which is, you know, not the best number, but you got to remember, he was playing cornerback one. Gave up six touchdowns, two interceptions. So when we say he's a cornerback one, it's like he's not the best cornerback one in the league, but him playing cornerback two is like he is very overqualified for that position. Yeah. And I'll let you kind of rock and roll with this because he did play Tyreek Hill. One game, I believe, he played against Tyreek Hill. And you talked about that in your film breakdown. Talked about it with Kenny Galladay. This is a league of uh, producing explosive plays on the offense side of the ball, defense side of the ball. It's a league of preventing explosive plays. And Giants defense were was third best in the National Football League doing that um, on for their pass defense. And the expectation should be is that they're around that same mark again this year with better cornerback play. And what the Giants did last year, Bobby, correct me if I'm wrong. I was listening to a podcast recently that kind of broke it down for me and explained it pretty well, where we were shadowing in terms of zone and, you know, putting men in the zone, men in zone towards the side of our cornerback too. Whereas James Bradbury, we can kind of leave him alone on that Island. You know, it's not like we're just playing zone and, you know, we're covering everything equally, but I I can imagine most of the time because of the lackluster cornerback to play, we were leaning guys towards that side of the field and helping out Isaac Yadam, helping out Ryan Lewis, et cetera, et cetera, where this year, there may not be a need to to do that. And that, again, it is an advantage that Patrick Graham has scheme-wise where we don't have to always be putting guys to one side of the field and James Bradbury can just do what he has to do. Yeah, no doubt. And I do still think we'll see some of that just because James Bradbury is so good. Um, and he seems to be having a really good camp as well. Um, but it's like, it just makes you more versatile to where you can, you know, you can trust Adore over there. You can play man coverage and blitz more, which Patrick Graham likes to blitz. He tried to do some, you know, man coverage blitzes on third down to start the tw- season. Quickly realized, like, I can't, I just can't do that with this personnel. I'm getting killed. You know, we're giving up points because of this. So he stopped doing it, which is a sign of a good coach. But Adore allows you to do that, which leads to more turnovers. It leads to you being on the field less time. Um, and just, you know, it, it just leads to a, a better overall defense where you can rely on your players more than your scheme a little bit. How do you bit. do against Tyreek Hill? That was that was the game where it really got me excited is he just has speed. Like, he has speed, speed, speed. So there's times, like, there was one time Tyreek Hill, like, beat him off on the release. And, like, Adore stumbled a little bit. Stood, stood with him step for step. Like, he can stay with Tyreek Hill step for step. Not a lot of corners in the NFL can do that. And... You know, he may not be the most technical corner in the world, but his speed allows him to make up for when he does make a mistake, which is which is just beautiful. And that leads to interceptions too, because you've you know you beat a you beat a wide a corner off the line, 
the QB's eyeing you down. They throw it to you, but Adore's got the speed to break up those plays. You know, maybe, you know, he's only got a couple interceptions in his career, but still, like, turn those into turnovers or big third down stops. Something that Kenny Galladay said recently in terms of competing with James Bradbury and Adoree Jackson says that they're kind of two different corners. So that's why it's beneficial to go up against both of them. You said James Bradbury is having a really good camp. I think Adoree Jackson's also having a really, really good camp. There's some, and again, we're all just, we're kind of clip watching here. Some clips of Kenny Galladay at a touchdown in the back of the end zone. Adoree Jackson rips it out of his, uh, rips it out of his bread basket and it forces an incompletion. So it seems like Adoree Jackson's really adjusting well too. He says the knee feels good, which is really, really awesome. But um, how are James Bradbury and, Adoree Jackson different corners when Kenny Galladay when Kenny Galladay says that does it come down to their speed because Adoree Jackson has that you know that four four two speed that he ran during the combine that yeah I mean and and you know some of their other receivers even said in the pressers like hey yeah you know Adoree's a little more speed Bradbury's a little more size but you know Bradbury's a little more technical where again like I said did, did Tyreek Hill beat Adoree Jackson off the line a few times yeah but Adoree just kept up with him and recovered um, and that's versus Tyreek Hill. So versus other receivers, like he's going to be able to keep up with that. Where it's like you're not, you you may beat me off the release, but you're not going to get past me. Where Bradbury's kind of the opposite. Where he's like, you're not going to beat me off the release. You may be fast than me, but you're not going to beat me off the release. I'm going to know where you're going. I'm going to beat you to that spot. And if I got to bail, I'll bail. Like I'm I'm kind of two steps ahead of you. Where Adore is more of kind of like read and react. Where Bradbury is is setting wide receivers up. So I mean, Bradbury is a clearly superior corner too. You know. So I don't want this to come off as like, you know, Adore, like Adore slander because, you know, Bradbury is a, a, a very superior corner, you know, where we, like we said at the beginning, Adore may, is not the best cornerback one in the in the NFL. You know, if he was playing cornerback one, you know, he might be a guy, you know, that you weren't worried about um, where Bradbury is, where it's like he can shut down your opposing best receiver. Adore is probably not going to do that. But as the cornerback two spot, he's just so overqualified for that. And that's what's... And that's why we have that's why we have expectations for this season for the defense to get so much better is because like we have a, a way overqualified cornerback too. We've got you know the Blake Martinez, we got that D line up front. Where it's like really the only thing you know we got arguably the best safety group in the in the league, and it's you know it's basically like okay the the edge room isn't great. Like that's basically the only thing about the defense that's not yep. like stellar. Yep. Um, the Patriots' way of the edge room. That's kind of like what we're doing. So, and we're in the Patriots way of the secondary is stacking up back there. That's where you put your resources. That's where you spend your money. And I'm also glad that the Giants uh, finally realized that we shouldn't be drafting cornerbacks in the first two rounds or really in the first round anymore. Just kind of glad we realized that. And let's. And I had the I had the take. I think this was uh, last offseason, Bobby. Might be your best let's, take of all time. <laughs> let's spend forty percent of our cap space on corners. Well, I think we're doing it, and <laughs> it's kind of working out well. So let's 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 rock and roll, Dory Jackson, uh, accent over the E. Yeah, and and you know now we got a little bit of cornerback depth now. You know you got Aaron, Aaron Robinson who hasn't been practicing. Like Isaac Yadam, like did a decent job for what he was asked, and and twenty twenty. You know, like he broke up, so much he broke up some depth. passes and stuff, and now now he is like the fifth cornerback on the roster. Yeah, we have so much cornerback depth. I can't even name you who I can't even name you the cornerback depth past Isaac Yadam. And Sam Beal doesn't count in my opinion because he's not going to make the team. So I can't I can't maybe he does, because if we're not expecting him to be cornerback three or four, uh, well maybe Sam Beal does make the team just as and he never sees the field. He probably will, because that's how 
the NFL works. Sambio, big Sambio pod. All right, we appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time. Until then, let's go Big Blue.